Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White. And with a lot of energy and energy and energy in our show, host in the in the in the studio with us this morning is James. But uh, good morning, how are you, you doing? You got your energy. You're not fatigued, are you? I'm not yet, but it's early. How many of those are you going to drink today? Uh, five. No, seriously. No, no. Uh, you're not going to drink I five have, of those. I have I have about three that's, of those. A that's week. cancerous, right no, there. I have like one, three, three. Which so this is this is ultra black. Ultra black. Is it like dark? Is it like dark coffee, dark, it's, uh, dark it's, beer? No, it's like a, it's like a black cherry flavor. Oh, nice. I think. They don't say what their flavors are. They call them mysterious names, then you have to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever you need to do to keep that fatigue from setting in, whether it's caffeine, yeah. coffee, That's monster, I don't, I don't meth, drink coffee. Whatever. I know you're, you're a coffee drinker. Eh, kind of off and on. Yeah, I, 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 I do some other stuff. You and I have met at <laughs> <laughs> we've met at Starbucks a lot, so I've I've seen you. Uh, well, I don't buy those girly drinks like you do. I know. I hope that didn't offend anybody. Well, I uh, I like my Starbucks. I hear him. Well, welcome everyone. Whether you're listening to us on live radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com/slash Great People Show, or on Apple Podcast, please hit subscribe when you get there. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of your journey. Every show, we deliver to you, the listener, the insights and inspiration for a life of significance and serving others, because true greatness is serving others. How are you serving others today? Um, it's kind of hard to serve people when we don't want to talk to them, James. Unfortunately, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's you, completely true. If you are just that kind of person yep. or in that kind of mood where you just absolutely want to have zero human contact, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I've had those moments. It's not at the moment. That would be kind of bad for the radio show, but I've had my, I've had my, how are you, how are you on that level of uh, having energy in your gas tank when it comes to talking to people, being social, wh- whatever word you want to put on that? Yeah. So this goes back, I think to our whole introvert, extrovert conversation. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely on the introvert scale. So it's morning. My tank, so to speak, is full as I have social interaction uh, mm-hmm. throughout the day today. Uh, it will get lower and lower and lower. And and what I have left uh, to bring home to my family tonight uh, really depends on the amount of, of interaction that I have with people today. Um, where I have friends and, and you have friends, or maybe you are this person who, as you have more social interaction through the day, your bucket fills mm-hmm. up because mm-hmm. that's how you get your energy. Absolutely. And and so, you know, what type of person are you? I'm just like you. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I not sure exa- exactly where my bucket is compared to yours, but both of you and I are in professions where it requires us to be incredibly social. Right. Um, so I am that kind of person that I very frequently run out of gas by the time I get home. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for my family. No, it's that's not fair bad. to them. Yeah, very I, bad I have the same family. I have the same problem. And and we're going to talk so that's that's the topic for today is how do we prevent social fatigue from happening? How do we balance out our interactions with with people, especially if you're not wired this way mm-hmm. and you are in a profession that requires you to be socially um on your game on 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 a lot during the day. And we're going to do uh, a little different opening here today because, as I mentioned to you, James, I want to talk a little bit about Barbara Bush. She mm. she passed away this week. I believe she was 92. 92. Yep. And um, I was 18 years old when her husband lost the election. Okay. 
Um, I don't recall voting, so I can't claim to have voted for him or against him. But because of that, I was 18. I didn't really follow politics that much. Didn't really follow politics probably until I got into my mid to upper 20s. I never really knew her. I never really paid attention to her. Uh, I'm a huge follower of quotes. I'm a huge reader. Mm -hmm. And here I am, almost 44 years old. Next week's my birthday. Um, and you had a birthday last week and you didn't even tell us. That's yeah, messed I up, dog. I don't really talk That's about seriously that messed up. I found it on Facebook and you did, we didn't even talk about it on yeah. the radio. Say happy birthday. Thanks for calling me out. Didn't realize that we had a birthday so close to each yeah. other. A little bit older than you. So um, I was really shocked to see how much was written about Barbara and her quotes and her inspiration. And for the first time in many, many years, we saw a Republican pass away without a group of people saying horrible things. Yeah. I, I was, I, that's what shocked me the most. Yeah. I, I've, I've only seen one story about a woman who, uh, who is a professor out in uh, California of yeah, all places, yeah. uh, who, who said some horrible things. And, and so that, that goes to show you how great of a person she was. Yeah. And we all have flaws. We all have issues. We all have challenges. We all do things that we regret. Um, when you're in the public limelight, like she was being a first lady and mother of another president, which is unprecedented, uh, for someone to have lived and survived in that limelight that long without criticism. Yeah. And you can disagree with her. Many people did. One of the things that I loved about her story is that she actually disagreed with her husband and her son about politics. Yeah. So that goes to show you how authentic she was, how genuine she was. She, yeah, she really spoke her mind. And, and yeah, I think uh, in the last hundred years, I think the three most uh, recognizable and, and active first ladies uh, were Eleanor Roosevelt, um, Nancy Reagan, mm-hmm. and, and Barbara Bush in, in no particular order. That's just the mm-hmm. chronological order. Um, you know, met her, uh, met her husband when she was 16. They met at a, at a school dance mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, they were instantly in love and uh, just had an incredible life together. You know, yeah. Six kids, uh, one who died of uh, leukemia when she was very young, uh, went on to support her husband uh, through Congress, through being director of the CIA, vice president and president, raised another son who became governor and mm-hmm. president, another one who was another governor. I mean, what a family. Yeah, no and, and she's the matriarch of... Uh, of really an incredible and dynasty. And to not get caught up in all that politics, uh, the, the brutal side of politics. Yeah. To, to be a target because we've recently seen for, well, I shouldn't say recently, for many years, how first ladies are now getting very caught up in politics, has for, for several years. And I found this short list of things that really made Barbara a great person. We just don't take time on this show to highlight great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have time. We're, we're here for an hour once a week and really the show content's about 42 minutes and we're here for you, the listener, to help you on your journey for significance and making sure that you're doing everything you can to be great for others. I just felt it was it was appropriate just take a little bit of time to, to talk about someone else that has truly lived in that in that form of, of greatness. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people, I think, would would wanted to criticize her about was, was her body image. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a quote that I found about her and Nancy Reagan. Of course, she was um, vice, a first lady of the vice president. What is that? Second lady? What is the title of that? Vice, I don't, vice president's wife. Vice president's wife. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> um, when she was talking about Nancy Reagan, uh, she said, we have a lot in common. She adores her husband. I adore mine. She fights drugs. I fight illiteracy. She wears a size three and so is my leg. <laughs> I mean, so uh, in the, the the headline of that one, she was she was body positive before that was a thing. Yeah, like she was so comfortable with who she was, it didn't matter. Uh, others on this list, she was kind. Um, 
she put family first and she recognized the fun in things. And these are qualities that um, it's, I just think it's hard to do that these days in anybody's life, let alone the wife of a president and to sustain that for so many years. So God bless her. And, and um, she was a great lady. The, the neat part about what, uh, what she leaves us is a lot of wisdom. Yeah. And, she, she um, and, and that's, that is really our driving factor and force for why we're here on the show for you is, is we're not, in, we're not imparting our wisdom uh, on you at all. We're just here to encourage you to, uh, to be a guide to your personal greatness. And today we're talking about how to maintain your gas tank during the day, because in order to have anything more in life, more, more money, more success, more family time, more happiness, you have to interact with other people a lot. So that's what we're talking about on the show today, folks. Don't go, don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So we have a caller that wants to talk to us about Barbara Bush. Brad, you're on the line. Welcome to The Great People Show. Yes, thank you. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What do you want to share? So I, just, I just wanted to say that um, one of the things that I can say about the passing, well, about Barbara Bush in general is... Uh, you know, she was educated and she was a woman after God's own heart mm -hmm. and her being such a great example to the community. Um, you know, it's just, as you guys said, you know, you have to interact with people, you have to empower them and encourage them to, you know, make the right choices in life to be that example. And that's exactly what she did. It's a great, great point. It's a great point. I mean, she did. She she lived all those principles that we talk about on the show every single week. And can you imagine being the first lady and having to talk to that many people, Brad? <laughs> it blows my mind. And also, you got to remember, you know, we deal with our own struggles in life. Yeah. And one of the biggest things she had to deal with was when her husband was in office. Uh, there was a pretty serious war going on at the time. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of controversy. But she didn't allow any of that to define or identify who she was as the first lady. She, she was patient and kind, and she was all about, you know, supporting, you know, diversity and um, encouraging others all over the nation yep. to just come together in peace. What a great, she is a great example of a great people. Brad, thanks so much for calling into the show and, and uh, bringing that to all of our attention. Thank you. You're welcome, and thank you. Yeah, have a great day. Um, she walked the walk and she talked the talk. She did. And, and I doubt, seriously, I doubt anybody listening to the show right now um, has the need professionally to do what she did and other politicians have to do to interact with that many people that often. But I do know that there's a lot of people that run away from that part in their job, well, and, in and their there, life. Yeah. And there are many people, and it's a great transition to what we're, what we're really talking about today. Uh, a lot of people who are forced in, who are not forced, but who get into that life mm -hmm. are forced out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. constantly. And, and the social fatigue, I mean, I can't even imagine Yeah, because you are on for how many hours a day talking to all sorts of important people from all over the world, yep. um, different cultures? Well, you had asked me earlier how I was in, in, in this area. My entire life, I've been 
uh, or I haven't been really been much of a people person. I know that shocks, considering shocking, considering I'm on the radio. I've been in Dale Carnegie for 18 years. But um, what what I mean about this is I really just haven't desired, wanted, or craved to be around other people. I, I don't seek it out. Uh, I do very well on my own in solitude. Um, and I know a lot of people that I, I know a lot of people that are very outgoing. And then whenever you talk to them and they start to confess, they're like, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're in that same boat. Um, but for most of my life, I felt very broken over it. What I used to covet are people that are great at maintaining this high level of energy around people all the time. And I, I covet it because this is my job. I need to be on all the time. I, I feel like I miss things because I don't want to go out and do more people things, but I'm just done. And my, my personal success is completely dependent on how much energy I can maintain throughout the day as I interact with many, many people. Uh, it wasn't around until maybe eight years ago that I finally found, uh, quote unquote, the science behind what I thought, what I thought was a phenomenon. I really, truly believed I was broken, but in fact, I was designed to be this way. Mm-hmm. And, and when, I, when I found that science behind it and I came to terms with it, um, going back to our previous show, that's when my true confidence showed up. I, I could be me. I, I could feel comfortable in my own skin. Uh, and maybe, maybe you're this way too. Maybe the listener, you're this way too. And it's perfectly fine if you are. You know it and you like it that way. That's perfectly fine. Uh, maybe your job, your family, your life fits this just right. And congratulations if that's the case. But I bet that's probably not you. You want to be more engaged and energetic. You want to come home from work and give your kids more energy than you gave your coworkers at 8 a.m. that same day. And that's a tough thing to feel. And you can feel guilty over that because you gave so much at the office that when you come home, you're not giving your family what they deserve and perhaps what those people at the office didn't deserve compared to your family. But you just can't. It's just not in you because your gas tank ran out at noon. So when does your gas tank run out and why? Well, we've got all the answers. I, this is not, this is, this is a unique subject because oftentimes when we approach our topics here on the show, we pull things apart to look for the answer. And I feel very confident that we actually have the answer for this on today's show. Well, that's exciting. Very, very confident. Um, so uh, I found this on succeedsocially.com. So there's a website specifically designed to help you succeed socially. That's a good thing because it's such a huge issue for people. It's such a massive issue for people that you cannot quite keep it together when it comes to your energy level with people. So we found uh, many reasons why people feel drained while socializing. Um, the first one, which is where I think we're going to spend most of the time on the show here, really giving people answers, is this inborn personality um, because this is this is likely the number one explanation. Um, some people are just not wired to be as social as others. That is proven with neuroscience. Hmm. We have proven it with science that there is a wiring that happens um, when you're born, and it's developed and uh, molded until you get to about your early 20s to mid-20s. And that's when things start to set in for you. It doesn't set into concrete it kind of sets into like a jello. So when you get into your 30s and your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and you say, I am who I am and you're not going to change me, there's actually some validity to that. It's hard to change this as you get past your mid-20s, but you can adapt. You can, you can maneuver around it. For instance, um, if you were to get in a job or a situation, let's say you were asked to go to a conference and speak 
And all of a sudden, you knocked it out of the park. And for the next two days that you're there, everyone wants your attention. And it's something that you're incredibly passionate about, you're excited about, but you say to yourself, I just want to go back to my hotel room and lay down. Right. You probably won't. You'll probably actually find the energy to be able to socialize at that level. Now, you'll probably be pretty fatigued afterwards, but you'll have that energy because it's something that you're very, very, very uh, excited about. And this is where these things come into these, or these situations come into your life where it doesn't change your wiring. It doesn't change who you are. It just situationally takes you to a level that you've never been before. And um, the trap that most people fall into around this is they feel like they're broken. I used to feel like I was broken. Uh, they feel like that there's nothing they can do about it. And what I see happen worse, James, is people just completely succumb to it. They say, oh, I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to that. I'm not going to do that. They just run away from it. They just say, I, I, I don't want to anymore. And it's sad. It's very sad. It is sad. You know, some people just decide that, uh, you know, some people do say, you know, it's the way I am and, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this stuff anymore. You know, I go to a lot of, a lot of conferences just like you do. You know, my least favorite thing in a conferences is a networking cocktail <laughs> event. Yeah. I despise the network, the cocktail network. Uh, I really do (laughs) because, you know, you're, you're in a place and you don't know many people. And the whole idea of the cocktail is to meet others. Um, I can't stand small talk. I really, I despise small talk as well. It's like all my worst nightmares, you know, come true. Now at that same conference, after that cocktail hour, if I've arranged dinner with three people, who I know, who are, who I have something in common with, who I have a reason to talk with, I look forward to that dinner. Yeah. It is more exhausting for me socially to be in a situation where I am being expected to be social with people whom mm-hmm. I don't know who are going to be talking about things that I'm not interested in talking about. And but, may, that probably sounds totally, makes me sound like a jerk, but that's that's just, that's the honest truth of it. I know you so well. It's not because of any anxiety or lack of confidence in this area. And I think that's where most people, when they find themselves in this situation, are bound up by it. And that's not you. Like, you're, you're, you, know, you know what you need to do in these situations for you. Um, do you find yourself lacking energy after you have to do that for a while? Is that, an, is that an energy issue for you? By far. Okay. But social interaction is always an energy drain for me. You know, as you know, after the show last week, I left straight from the studio here to go on, on an annual guys, uh, yeah, camping you, didn't, trip. you didn't say you slammed your headphone on the table. You and walked ran out, out the that door. That was it. Like you were done, man. So kick the, kick the doors <laughs> closed. So here we are three and a half days <laughs> of being around the same people. And these are all friends, but you know, by, uh, by about, by about Saturday afternoon, <laughs> your friends listen to the show. By about Saturday afternoon, I don't care if they do. Uh, by about Saturday afternoon, I I walked off for about an hour because I just needed some time. That's fine, man. Alone to fill my tank, and and that's one of the things that we're going to talk about uh, during the show. You have to be very intentional and know when to leave and and do that because if you think that you need to hang in there out of respect, you're probably going to end up worse off and disrespecting worse yeah. more than you would have if you were more weren't as in control of it. So uh, it's okay if you were born that way um, and got wired that way. It's okay. That's just, mm-hmm. that's just who you are and how you are. Uh, another element here of reasons why people feel drained while socializing is a general level of social skill and experience. Um, 
everything is more mentally draining when you're just not used to it. And, yeah. and this goes back to if you are purposely avoiding way more situations, I'm not talking about taking the hour break. I'm talking about literally designing your life so that you don't have to interact with other people. You're certainly never going to become better at it, ever. Um, and if you've been performing at a skill for years, it does take a lot of energy and you can often carry it out without even having to think about it. Yeah. So this is something that you just practice makes permanent right. on, on this particular topic. Um, and there's also medical conditions like Asperger's syndrome. Um, there's developmental differences. And I, and, and I, and I see that more, more often actually, um, through our practice, we get some 20 year olds that come through our, our, our training programs that I think have Asperger's and the, the parents are trying to make them more socially adaptive to mm -hmm. other people. And that's very, I've got so many stories on that. It's very tough. I've seen people literally feel like they're in pain because they have to talk to other people. Wow. It's really, really intense. Um, and there's also anxiety in social situations. And a lot of people don't understand why they feel anxious whenever they're around other people and they go see a counselor and they get medical treatment. Um, oftentimes it is that inexperience and we're, we're rubbing up against our wiring as people and it translates into anxiety. So then they jump into medication and we have much better solutions for you than that. Um, so, you know, we, we want to, we want to, we want you to be more socially interactive with other people. And that's why we're here on the great people show. Come on, away, folks. The great people show. We'll be right back. Now back to the great people show on this whole anxiety thing. Anxiety alone can be draining. Yeah, just, very. just being anxious can be draining and the more we push up against the anxiety to force ourselves into these social situations, the more draining that becomes. It's a, it's a nasty, vicious, downward cycle of just energy depletion. You know, that's a good point. We were talking before the break about uh, how, you know, one of my many issues in the world is, is I hate these uh, cocktail hours at conferences. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. the thing, you're exactly right, though. I get thinking about them, mm -hmm. you know, hours before I go mm -hmm. and like, I'm already, that's already draining. Yeah, just the thought of, because what you're doing, there's like two little people in your head. One of them's trying to talk you out of going. Yes. James, you know you don't want to do this. And then the other side of you, sometimes you out loud say, I do not want to do this. It's like the two movie critics from the Muppets. You know, it's <laughs> Statler like, and Waldorf. That was a terrible movie. Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> there's this one clip where they they're too, they're talking to each other. By the they start off by saying they hated the movie. And by the end, they're saying, I love that it. it was the greatest movie ever because they were just feeding off of each other's uh strong opinions about something. So yeah. you're talking yourself out of it, really. Yeah. You're, you're trying to come up with a good excuse. Yeah, my, my excuse usually ends up, what is the least amount of time I could show up at this ah, thing where people, so will, strategic. where people will know I was there and not quite know when I slipped out? Yeah. <laughs> and there's all, so there's the, there's two crowds at those, right? There's the ones that show up early um, and stay late. Yep. So I'm, I'm jealous of those You're people. wired that way. That's right. Um, if by the time you get to the end of the week and you, you've had, you, you still don't have enough social interaction that you're still looking for people to talk to. You're calling people on the phone uh, on your way home. Uh, you may want to go out that night somewhere just to talk to more people. You can't get enough of it. Your, your gas tank, actually, and you said this at the top of the show, your gas tank is actually not only full, but expanding physically so you can find more fuel for it. That's right. And it's, it, now to me, that's a phenomenon. I'm sorry. I just, from, a, from my own point of view, that is a fun, I am, and I'm not in awe of that person. I used to be envious of that person. I used to covet that ability. I don't anymore because there's a lot of downside to that. 
Yeah, I, I, there can be. And, you know, I know he's uh, he's not he's at a, uh, a breakfast every Thursday morning during the show, but our, our mutual friend, Will Saunders, yeah. uh, probably the most, the best example mm. of that, of just somebody who mm-hmm. who just feeds off of, you know, social. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. Uh, and, and, I mean, that same event that, that you and I get anxiety over, he anticip- he, he looks forward to with yeah. great anticipation. And, and I wonder, I'd love to talk to Will about this. I'd actually, I'd love to talk to anybody about this. If you're like Will, call us and we'd love to talk to you about this. Is I wonder if those types of people feel fatigue if they aren't talking to enough people. Like yeah. it's the, appos- uh, the inverse opposite effect. I, I just am curious about that because in, in the 18 years I've been doing what I'm doing and in, in handling this this challenge for people and all the research, even I just did for the show, I never found that. Mm-hmm. I never found where people have social fatigue because they need it so much and they can't get it. Yeah, no, that's that's a uh, that's a great point. Um, and so another another side of this issue is really how much you enjoy doing it. Uh, n- not being social with people, not talking with people, but depending on what you're doing. And let's face it, most of you do not like your job. Uh, it statistically says that you hear it from a lot of people that you talk to that most people do not really like what they're doing, or there's very, very few parts of it that you like what you're doing. So naturally, if you're wired with some sort of a uh, low intensity, frequent interaction with other people, being at a job that you primarily don't like, where you have to talk with a lot of people is going to drain you exponentially more yes. than the rest of us. If you're in this zone of passion or whatever you want to call it, um, I use the word at the top of the hour that I've already gotten a little feedback from on Facebook Live. If you're in your zone of significance. Oh, I like that. It's a new word that I just found yesterday that I wanted to integrate into this show because I really feel like that the purpose of today's show and every show that we do is helping you find and execute on that significance because that's what most people are really looking for. And if you're very far outside that zone and you have to talk to a lot of people and you just don't like it, it's going to knock you down so many levels. On the other hand, if you're doing something that you are so in the zone, you love so much, whether it be a hobby, whether it be uh, spending time with your, your family, uh, whatever it is, that will give you a level of social interaction, gas in your gas tank that that you you would not have found anywhere else. And Something I don't like about me, and maybe I should just get over it and be more comfortable with myself. Uh, Ike is in a lot of sports, mm-hmm. football, soccer, lots of sports, especially football, where uh, Sam is the commissioner of our football league. So that just requires me to have to interact with a lot more people. All these things happen at night. All these things happen at night when I'm done. Oof. I'm done. And football, when it starts, it's going requ- to it's five to six nights a week of practice. Okay, so you know what happens? You go to the practice, and everyone's just hanging out. No one's really watching the kids that much. So you have to talk to everybody and talk and talk and talk. And I'm done, James. I'm done. Yeah, so we did that for one year. We had uh, Tyler did did football for one year, same, I think, league that you guys are in, different different team. And to be, to be brutally honest, that's exactly, you know, what I saw. Uh, I brought a chair with me. I sort of sat it about 50 feet from where the nearest person was, and I mm-hmm. would sit there with my phone or my <laughs> laptop, and I was like— I can, was, I can, can I make a confession? Please. I, I go further away than that. I sit in the car. <laughs> Do you? Oh, okay. oh yeah. 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 Well, uh, uh, we bought Sam a new ride 
last year, and it has uh, Wi-Fi in it. Oh, nice. Unlimited, actually, Wi-Fi. So not only do I get to sit in the car and uh, not have to frequently interact with people after my day is done, I get to do work on my laptop. It's pretty It's pretty cool. So what do you— I don't like what, that. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going like to ask, what, what do you think about that? I don't like it. Yeah. I feel like it's my— well, first of all, there is a level of guilt, and I, and I truly believe that that guilt um, uh, guilt is from the devil, man. I'm sorry. Guilt is not a positive emotion on any level. I don't care how you look at it. So when I feel guilty about this, it's, it's really because I am, I am losing an opportunity to build a relationship with someone and perhaps impact their life. Now, I don't want that to sound so egotistical that they need me to impact their life. Right. But I mean, I think our role in this world of this significance thing is to put yourself out there with so many people that uh, you will make an impact just by being the natural you. And mm-hmm. if I'm hibernating in my car every night at soccer practice and football practice, I'm I'm losing that chance. And I don't like that about me. But, and this is where we're going to get to here Real quick, we have to be manacle about how we juggle our energy during the day. So what's the solution for me in this situation? Right. If, it, if that is more important than what else I'm, I'm doing during the day, I need to balance that out some more. Um, I, I need to find a way to manage that social fatigue. And, and Teresa on, on Facebook Live just told us, helping us answer this question, what extreme extroverts feel whenever they're not getting the social interaction they need. She says, extreme extroverts would not call the craving for more interaction social fatigue. They would call it isolation fatigue. Wow. Yeah. And I know people who do experience it. So there is something called isolation fatigue. I, I love isolation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I really... No, I'm with you. And the reason I love it is it, it, it truly recharges my... my, my my batteries. Yeah, it allows you to go back out there yeah. and uh, and and be more and be more social and be more social again. Cool. Well, I think um, I think our call to talking to someone that just can't get enough of other people might actually be getting answered. Yeah. So you know, I talked about uh, my friend Will and uh, our friend Will. Yeah. And, and uh, commented to him that uh, if he was out, he should call. Oh. And because he's such an extrovert. I know that he can't help himself, uh, but but to uh, to call and uh, so no, I think uh, I think we'll we'll hopefully have a chance to uh, chat with him. Now Will knows that this is that Will this, on the line. Will knows this yeah, is put, only an hour long show, right? Put, yeah, yeah put, let's have uh, Will on the line. Put him through. Will, Will, good morning. Yes. Now Will, hey, guys. hey uh, just a disclaimer up front, man. We've only got twenty minutes left in the show. Okay, <laughs> so well. <laughs> well, you guys need to uh, uh, stop talking and let me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me fill you in on this. Bring on it, bring it, brother. Bring it. I'll cut you off if I need to. So, uh, by the way, you guys look great um, looking at you live on Facebook. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So, so Will, you are, you are truly the opposite of JJ and I. You are a person <laughs> that I know feeds off of, requires energy from other people in order to get energized yourself, where JJ and I are, I think are like most mm-hmm. people, we get drained by interaction. So talk a little bit about, about, you know, how do you look at the world in that way? Well, you know, I, I would say one by nature, I, I like to know just what's going on. I, so I you're like curious. What, yeah. I just, Hey, what, what's that person's story? You mm. know, cause we all have a story, right? 
And I think sometimes people, I, I think what I've kind of figured out, you know, uh, w- with me, it's like, hey, what, what's going on with that person? What, what, what are they interested in? What maybe there's something that is not going right in their life at this time, and that's something that I can help them with. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of always how I've always kind of thought. So, well, and, what happens you know, whenever you don't get that kind of interaction? Like you just aren't around enough people in a day. What happens to your energy level? Do you get fatigued because of that? Well, what I would say is if, if I've sat at my desk for too long at one particular, you know, set of time, I, I literally, I'm going to get up and I'm going to find somebody. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to literally, you know, uh, figure out a way to, um, interact with someone or pick up the phone or do something so that I can, um, you know, kind of plug back into that energy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, so you, you probably have a lot more control over this than James and I do, because if you're in isolation and you need to find someone to talk to, I mean, you're going to find someone to talk to. Like someone's going to talk to Will Saunders. Yeah, and, and Will, you know, you and I, a great example. So Will and I were at a conference together in Aruba, of all places, about uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. And we would just be at, like, at a dinner. And, again, there's hundreds of people there. And all I want to do is get my plate back to the table where I know Will and a couple other people. <laughs> and it takes Will 20 minutes to get from the buffet back to the table because he has to stop and talk to everybody that he bumps into along it. the way. You can't help yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, again, I think it goes back to, for me, is I, I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's <laughs> going on with that person, you know, what, what their story is, what they're doing that night. And, you know, because, uh, you know, for, for me, it, it, you know, I think it also, you know, I want to know what my options are. And uh, when, when I get that information, it allows me to kind of figure out, all right, well, hey, look, I need to follow back up with that person on this, or I need to get more information on that. And, I think that's the other thing about this is for me, it, it also allows me to distribute other people's information. If that makes sense, like they may have something going on. It's like, Oh, that's a, that's a a really good idea. I need to share that with James. I need to share that with JJ. And the other thing it does is for me is people come to me because they know I have information. Does that, does that also make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, You're a connector. In fact, the thing I admire about you the most and just everything that you've said is you have a heart of helping and a heart of giving. Like so many people will that get labeled with talking too much and being too social and uh, can't, you know, you, you can't get a word in edgewise. It, it, it comes off as ego. It's because they, they love to hear themselves think, but every single point of view that you've just given us is in the spirit of helping people, man. And that's amazing. Like that's, that's awesome. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. And I think, um, I think there's obviously, there are people out there that love to hear themselves talk. And think, you know what I'm saying? Well, we're on the radio, Will. I mean, come on. <laughs> and they, uh, that's one angle for me. It's always been, you know, getting information and being able to use that information to, you know, help people and, you know, help myself, help my business, yeah. help my friends. And, so, um, well, Zig Ziglar yeah. said, if you give people what you, what they want, you'll get what you want. So it just, it's amazing how that works out. Will, thanks for Amen. joining the show, especially on such short notice, man. Thanks for calling in. Love the show, guys. Thanks, Have buddy. You thanks, too. Will. See you later. Yep. Cool. Thanks for, uh, thanks for getting Will on the show, James. Yeah. Perfect. I, I mean, yeah. he is definitely the most socially outgoing guy I think I've ever met. So, yeah. He so, is. uh, we're going to take a break. Don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. 
The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. Are you experiencing a hangover today? <laughs> yeah, I was just reading to you during the break. A uh, buddy of mine, uh, Bobby, who's uh, listening to the show, uh, just sent me a text. He said, just read an article that refers to it as an introvert hangover. Uh, he says, just pure mush and drained after the social interaction. <laughs> I really like that. That's uh, that's good. That's I've, had, good. I've had that. Oh, I, me too. So in my line of work, you know, I'm up in front of uh, sometimes 20 to 30 to 50 people training. This afternoon, I'm heading to Williamsburg to do a two and a half hour session for a new client mm. on um, leadership development. It's an all company meeting of about 55 people. That's a construction client. So there's going to be some pretty wild personalities in there. And that'll make it very, it'll make it a lot easier for me to maintain my energy and keep going. Then I got to drive back to Richmond. Uh, if I were to do that, let's say for eight hours straight, I've had days where I've had to do that for eight hours straight and then do it at night. I have a hangover on that for a good couple days. Yeah. Energy perspective. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. It doesn't matter what I do. And we're here to give you some guidance. We're your guides to greatness. So we got to give you some guidance here on this whole social fatigue thing on how to manage it better. Uh, and, and I mentioned earlier, knowing how you're wired. The first thing to do is to take an assessment just to see how you're wired. And, and if you're interested in the assessments that we do here that we can provide you from the show, you can email me directly, jj at greatpeopleshow.com. It's, uh, it's an amazing view into your soul. And I'm not talking about the discs in the Myers-Briggs. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. This is a totally different type of way to see yourself on this level. And when you know yourself this way and you come to terms with I am who I am and it's okay, then... You can get over the guilt and the anxieties and these kind of things. You just, uh, I think Drucker said, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem that most of us face when it comes to social fatigue is we don't even know how to measure ourselves on this level, let alone management or manage it. And we do feel guilty about our inabilities to give as many people as we feel they need of us. Amen. There's just not enough of us to go around, folks. Yep. You know, Will, there's plenty of Will to go around. Yep. And he he leverages that for good. Mm-hmm. And I think the the, um, the the barrier we have is we don't know how to leverage this in our own hearts for good, even if we want to really bad. So that's the first step, is you really need to understand how you're wired. Um, step two, or, or, or uh, recommendation two, don't overbook your people time. A lot of people tell me, oh, I'm not in control of my schedule. I can't help it when people want to book meetings. Well, that's the easy way out if you want to give up like that. And you really have to be careful on how you schedule your day. Yeah, and, and you know, those excuses you just rattled off are, are honestly what goes through my head. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in sales. And, yeah. and I, I, eat, I eat what I kill, so to speak, you know. So I have to have that interaction so I can put food on the table. And you don't, uh, you don't know where a lot of this is coming from. Right. Um, uh, I know Trump, Trump does not schedule, but like one or two meetings a day. Yep. And he wants to, he wants to let other things kind of happen as, and, and handle it as he needs to have this before he became president. Um, and I've always admired people that can schedule themselves lightly mm-hmm. in, in their life. Cause if you are going back to back to back to back to back, and if you're like us, you're just going to run out of juice. And what's going to suffer is when your gas tank's empty. That that meeting, that cl- it doesn't matter, right? How good you are at selling if you're in sales, you're if you're done, game. yeah, you're, you're not, not on your A game. game. You're 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 toast. Um, the next one is is to plan your fuel usage during the day. 
Um, so maybe you can't control your schedule that way, or you just have a schedule that is maddening that day when it comes to interacting with other people. So I know every morning, and I bet you do too, I know exactly how much energy I need to have for myself before those kids get on the bus. Yep. I just know. It's even on the best day I know, but it's typically one of the kids is getting a little haywire on us, right? Yeah. And I read, I read an article a while ago, JJ, that talked about, especially for people with this personality type, that you should try to schedule your meetings toward the beginning of the day rather than the end. And that's mm-hmm. for two reasons. First of all, the obvious, which is your, your bucket, your tank is more full toward the beginning of the day. But also it goes back to that anxiety thing. When we have a meeting that's scheduled for three o'clock in the afternoon, a lot of people spend a lot of their energy during the day thinking about that meeting and yep. it makes you less productive through the first part of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a really interesting article and I, I wish I had the link to it, but, uh, but another thing to think about, you know, as you, as you plan out that fuel usage, try, try it. So the majority or, or all of your meetings toward the beginning of the day and, and see how productive you are through the rest of it. We live in a society where it's taboo to take naps at work during the day. It's taboo to take time off from the work day to go exercise and, and whatnot. Uh, I finally, just this year, said I'm going to design the life that I want based on what what my level of significance needs to be in this world, but also where I can be my absolute best. Mm-hmm. And my absolute best is not going back-to-back meetings and even training sessions all day, every day. Yeah. I can't give my best that way. That may sound good to put food on the table and to put money in the bank, Man, I'm not dying with with a big bank account. I'm sorry. I'll definitely have enough to give my kids a nice um, a, a nice gift when I leave. But I need to make sure that I am on my best A game. And and I believe our listeners right now struggle deeply with whether or not they're on their A game every day. And uh, you're you feel like you're stuck in a dead end job. You feel like you're stuck in a dead end relationship. Uh, you don't know why you don't have enough passion and energy d- during the day. Well, it's because you probably just let things happen. You live a life where you just throw up your mm-hmm. um, your your sail and let the wind blow you wherever you're going. And you really have to plan your fuel usage during the day. It's perfectly legitimate to go on a walk. Everyone deserves a break. Get the freak out of the office and go recharge your batteries. Um, the thing that keeps you from doing that is that guilt. And that guilt is not legit, yo. No, it's just that's, totally not legit. That's that's our society making you feel like any moment during the day that you're not working, right. you are a lazy, you right. know what. Right. Yep. Um, the next one, be honest with yourself and the others around you. This assessment I talked about earlier, what's amazing is when we see pe- spouses take it together and you can have an honest conversation about who each person is. And Sam knows, she can, and now she knows by the look on my face, oh, daddy, daddy needs to go recharge for a little bit before he gets inundated. Because <laughs> when we got first married and first had kids, it was like, all right, kids are yours. Yeah. And it was really not a good situation because I was done. I, my tank was empty. And it was funny when the kids were much younger, she used to say, I'm sorry, but you're the only adult that I've seen all day. And, you know, she wants a piece of the conversation yep. too. And I got the same thing from, from my, and understandably so. Yeah. I got the same thing from I Catherine. totally agree. Yep. I totally agree they should. It's just I can't because I, I, I have not managed that day very well. Right. So you have to be very honest with who you are. And that honesty will, will eliminate that anxiety. Just being so honest. And this is being honest with your coworkers. This is being honest with your staff. This is being honest with your manager. These are critical conversations you have to have with the people around you. And I love what Will said. 
Another one on this list is you have to exercise curiosity. I think another reason why we lack so much energy and have so much fatigue over this is because we have the wrong intentions. Mm. If, if, if your intention is to help people be curious, understand other people, then that will give you a different level of energy that you didn't have before. And I heard it so much from everything that Will said. Like his heart is totally sold out for helping other people. Yeah, and that's profound. You know, and as many conversations as Will and I have had about this, I've never, and maybe I just wasn't listening right, I, I never really heard that. Um, I, or that never really clicked yeah. in, in me that that's, that's a big part of why and how he's wired that way. Yeah, and it's hard to know someone's heart until you ask them why or the why behind it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the why do you... Uh, feel so compelled to to do these certain things. Um, we have given up. We have given up on our ability to help other people because we are so focused in on ourselves, in our energy level, in our anxieties. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. So we want to thank you all, folks, for for being here, for joining us on the show every week. Um, we are your guides to greatness, but really what that greatness is about is helping you find and execute on that significance in your life. Um, we're going to have a special, uh, special guest host next week. I'm so excited. It's going to be such a tea. We're going to put these teasers out on our social media platforms on how special we're going to have someone in the, in the studio next week. It's going to be freaking unbelievably energetic and wild in here. That's great. I'm glad you can finally get rid of me for a week and, and bring someone with talent into this seat. I'm excited about you leaving so yeah. that I can, in two weeks, say, back in the great people's right. studio, just just to That's give right. you a nice um, nice welcoming back party. I look forward to it. So, so thanks, folks. See ya. See ya. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.